0: This week's episode is sponsored by TweetBot, a full-featured iPhone Twitter client with a lot of personality. Whether it's a meticulously crafted interface, sounds, and animation, or features like multiple timelines and smart gestures, there's a lot to love about TweetBot. You can find TweetBot in the App Store or head to tapbots.com tweetbot to learn more. Welcome to The Changelog, episode 0.6.3. I'm Adam Stakoviak,
1: And I'm Win Netherland. This is The Changelog. We cover what's fresh and new in open source. If you found us on iTunes, we're also on the web at changelog.com. We're also up on GitHub. At hey, to github.com slash explore. You'll find some trending
0: repos, some feature repos from the blog, as well as our audio podcast. And if you're on Twitter, follow Changelog
1: Show and me, Adam Stack. And I'm Penguin, P-E-N-G-W-Y-N-N. Fun episode this week. Talk to the guys at CDNJS. More Aussie JavaScripters from down under?
0: Yeah, apparently they don't uh, do much with sports, so they dig deep into JavaScript.
1: That's kind of a national pastime, so we're, so we're gathering down there. The uh, CDNJS project's pretty interesting. It's uh, a way to put, I think, the maybe, I won't say B team, but the second tier uh, JavaScript frameworks up on a CDN for the world to share.
0: Absolutely. And they also announced some good brand new sponsorships. So stay tuned for that in the show.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of sponsors, we're glad to be part of Fusion Podcast Network now. That's right. It's our second episode up on that. And uh, excited to be part of that excellent network. Where can folks catch up with us? Well, on the blog, thechangelog.com, and on Twitter, changelog show. But about it in person to come up, and say hi, and get a changelog sticker.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right. Big D.
1: Big D Conference, Design Conference. It's one of the better uh, design conferences that I've attended right here in uh, Dallas. You'll be up for that. I'll be up for that as well, yeah. It's in July. And then we've got Lone Star Ruby Comp in August. Looking forward to that. Always. Always. It's a fun episode this week. Should we get to it? Let's do it. We're chatting today with the folks behind CDNJS. Ryan Kirkman, and Thomas Davis. So Thomas, why don't you go first and introduce yourself a little bit about uh, your day job, and then uh, we'll let Ryan introduce himself.
2: Uh, no problem. Thanks for that. So uh, I'm a 21-year-old from Australia and a heavy JavaScript developer at the moment. I uh, did a comp- computer science degree at uh, university, and this, I've been freelancing uh, web development for the last three to four years. But I started when I was 14, so I uh, be my eighth year web developing so far how long do you usually speak for sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's fine ryan I, i'm
0: still i'm still in shock about the eight years of experience at 21 yeah no, that's great
3: <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm a little bit like thomas in that regards i studied at did a software engineering degree at uq uh university of queensland in australia um so I, I guess i've been making websites not as long as thomas here but um for quite a few years now um so previously, um, I've been doing JavaScript development, much like Thomas. We've been working together for the last six months, um, and yeah. So so we started uh, CDNJS one fine day when we decided the web needed to be a faster and easier place for web developers. So
1: we'll get into CDNJS in just a moment. So you know, our buddy Michael Smith from down under is uh, a JavaScript. You know, child prodigy himself, but is, is he even 20 yet, Adam? I don't think he is.
0: No, I don't think he's even able to drink.
1: So I want to know just what it is about the Australian <laughs> culture that just breeds JavaScript developers. You guys just don't have basketball or, you know, rugby or something else to occupy your time these days?
3: Um, well, I, I guess we don't have uh, as big sports advertising budgets, so we have to turn to the internet for our entertainment down
1: under. <laughs> So CDN.js, for the folks that don't know, give a little background around this project and what it aims to solve.
3: All right. So, yeah, basically we started our CDN.js one day when we were sort of, we were just pumping out websites and we were finding that we had to copy these scripts over and over to all of these different websites. And we were using um, the, the Google API CDN and that was a fantastic resource. If you want jQuery, um, it, it's fast. It, it's the latest version. Um, and it, it's it's probably a, a, on a server pretty close to your location so it, it's perfect and we thought you know we're using um, things like backbonejs underscorejs wouldn't it be cool if these were on a CDN uh, now the Google CDN you really have no avenue for adding a script to that so we thought you know why isn't there a place where you can add your you know your favorite script or a popular script yeah, we also went on the
2: Google forums to suggest scripts uh, such as backbone and underscore and uh, other about- PubNobJS, but uh, the actual Google forums, uh, even though they have what 500 updates to upload a script, they weren't very receptive in that manner, which was fair enough, they are each company,
3: but it uh, it seemed like something that was required. So we basically wanted to build a service that was community-driven and that responded much more quickly than anything else that's out there, Um, so CDN.js is the result of that
0: since you talk about quickness, what is the response time for say me forking and adding my favorite script and/ or library and it being live and available
3: I mean assuming we deem it appropriate for CDNJS, as in it's got significant community backing um and it's popular and well respected I mean turnaround time is you know twenty four to forty eight hours
0: do you um in terms of being well respected and popular, is that your say or who who gives the final cut on that I think
2: so. Well, we we do have quite a bit to say at the moment because the uh, the community isn't really large enough to uh, show like the real numbers behind how popular a script is. But eventually, we would prefer the uh, we have a user voice account where uh, people suggest scripts they were not uploaded. and uh, we would prefer in the future, you know, not uploading a script unless it has over a thousand or two thousand votes to be included on the CDN. Uh, the more scripts we upload that are possibly obscure or not even quality means there's a lot more maintenance as far as keeping cdn.js worthy too.
0: So basically have a prerequisite for, okay, if your project has this much reach or this kind of community behind it, then it's probably a good fit for cdn.js.
3: Yeah, that, that's, that's what exactly what we're aiming for. So right now, um, it's kind of like we're aiming for a meritocracy, but at the moment we basically have two benevolent dictators for life, but we <laughs> prefer to move more towards the meritocracy type approach as we gain more traction.
0: And from what I understand, you guys are a non-profit, so this is a non-profit initiative. It's something you guys started. Is this something that's, I mean, Thomas, you said you're 21, and Ryan, I, I didn't catch your age, but you're probably just as old, right? So, I mean, this is kind of new to you guys. What got you into this non-profit scene? Is it just about CDNJS, or is it... Uh... Where do you plan on taking this particular initiative?
3: I mean, CDN.js from our perspective was just about sort of helping the web developer community and sort of making the web faster by serving these scripts on a CDN. Um, The non-profit thing was just, I don't know, I I don't really think that a resource like this should be for-profit. And it seems like it has much much more benefit for everybody, especially the community, if it is a sort of community-driven thing and they have the ability to sort of review anything that we put out there
2: at, at the very least it was it was an attempt at innovating the web or uh, getting a collection of scripts right. into a cdn it didn't really we weren't overly concerned as to where we took it like we didn't expect to go global but uh, and i
1: think everyone that's uh, in this audience should know what a cdn is in case we have some folks that stumbled across the podcast and don't know what is a cdn
3: a content delivery network. So basically, um, if you have uh, a JavaScript library, let's say jQuery, everyone should um, have an idea of what jQuery is, um, uh, and you have your servers, let's say, are in America, but you have some poor souls like us living in Australia, um, your website's probably going to load a bit slower. So, what a content delivery network does is they might have some uh, servers in Sydney, um, which is much closer for us kangaroo-riding people. Um, And so our scripts are going to load much faster if we have servers in our country than us having to go all the way across the ocean to grab the scripts from American servers, things like that.
2: It also adds in fail safes to uh, file loading. Like if your server can't find a file, if it fails at one location, it will choose another location to serve it from. And, uh,
1: yeah. So typically in the past, these things have been for private assets that are kind of an application specific basis right so i guess what makes CDNJS unique is that you guys are all floating shared resources
3: yeah so i guess things like uh if i understand you correctly things like sort of cloudfront have opened up that previously um sort of uh private cdn type type thing
0: um
3: oh, and yeah and of course uh our sponsoring company cloudfront
1: yeah so traditionally you know Akamai, I guess probably the pioneers of the space uh provided their uh servers and bandwidth you know for fees to put assets closer to users for applications, but it was pretty much everybody had to rent that space and rent that bandwidth, and you know it was just a matter of serving up your own assets, but I guess what makes this unique is that you're um, serving up assets that since they're common frameworks, multiple applications can take advantage of those.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, Cloudflare, the the our new partnership is, uh, they aim at improving the web and they they synchronize a lot of common resources across websites, and so it only made sense to uh, synchronize these common shared JavaScript libraries and make them load much faster for all users, and uh, which takes a lot of strain off developers also.
1: Now you put JS right there in the name, but are you going to look at any other types of assets other than JavaScript? Maybe CSS or other frameworks?
3: I mean, that's a, that's a possibility in the future. But right now, we'd sort of like to focus on the, uh, the JavaScript side of things. Um, I guess the service is still quite young. It's only sort of you know half a year old at this point in time. So it's it's still in its infancy. So we're just sort of trying to find find a fit for it in the open source world type of thing.
2: There aren't particularly too many shared CSS resources either. I could probably only count two myself.
0: Well, you start talking about some of the shared other ones besides JavaScript. You've got Cached Commons, which does things like swift files as well and um, i think it's mostly javascript but they seem to have a couple additional libraries beyond like fonts and markup and text editors and it's not just javascript so how is this different than say cache commons
3: i mean essentially um cache commons and and, CDN and js aren't aren't so much different um in, in their sort of uh their their vision or their goal. Um it's just that Cache Commons was originally and I think it still is hosted on GitHub, um, which means it's probably not leveraging um a content distribution network and, and if it is, maybe not as effectively as we're able to because we actually sort of control the content delivery network that we're using. Um and I think one of the things that um we we aim to try to solve too is we're we're trying to sort of Move quite quickly um, in terms of keeping our, our libraries updated and sort of accepting new pull requests. So I think that was a problem that people have found in the past with other solutions. I think we've
2: also uh, we also try to involve the community much more. It's uh, we like to make it as community involved as possible, and uh, we have we actually have quite a lot of people who do support CDNS. And I guess we'll have a shout out to everyone. Thank, thank thanks us far for uh, helping out with um, fork requests.
0: Yeah, on the note of uh, Cash Commons too, I've had a chat with uh, in the back channel uh, about a week back with Lance, the guy behind Cash Commons, and he is actually discontinuing that project. He said he's been um, he's been focused on his company, getting off getting off the ground for the past eight or so months, so he hasn't had much time to dedicate to Cash Commons. And um, you can probably guys validate this, but he said he's talked to you guys about CDNJS and where it's going, and he's. Hoping to possibly lend his contributions when uh, when he has time opened up, but pretty much he thinks you guys have a solid plan, and and uh, he says whatever is hundred percent free, clean, up to date, and user driven is awesome. So he's all for it.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's been fantastic talking to sort of uh, icons in the community like Lance, um, and and we're sort of really looking uh, forward to working together with um, these sort of big names in the community. Um, just to just to push this forwards, as you say, um, and everyone seems to be pretty excited about sort of where where this is going. So yeah, we're pretty excited as well.
1: Do you have any standardization on uh, minification or uh, packaging formats for these JavaScripts?
2: So currently, we're using uh, Coleman.js JS package formats. It's a initiative that someone started. I couldn't credit it. Sorry, but uh, Node uh, JS packages, npm uses the same format, I guess. And uh, so we require all our forks to uh, contain a package.json, which just lists the uh, the basic uh, information about the file, such as author, the author's um, the file name, uh, a few tags about what the library is, a short description of what the library does. And uh, so each one of our libraries has one of these packages.json associated with it. And uh, we, we pull that information in to um, use it on the client side for the website. And tools such as CDS, CDNJS command use these packages.js on to generate useful information, which helps developers choose which libraries they want to implement.
3: And uh, you mentioned minification in there. So our policy on minification is that we prefer the library maintainers to take responsibility for that. Um, The reason for that is if if we use a minifier that for some reason breaks um, a developer's library, you know, we don't want to be held accountable for that. So by and large, we much prefer that libraries are sort of minified and preferably in the repository that they specify uh, in their metadata. In some rare cases, we will minify um, libraries that
1: don't have any minified version available. You mentioned Google's uh, CDN earlier. On the uh, the Google site, you've got a couple different options to reference these applications or the the frameworks. You can uh, link to them directly in the head, or you can go through their script loader. How can you reference these packages uh, from CDNJS? So at the moment, you
2: have to do it manually. Um, the URLs are included. Uh, you have to copy them into your code manually. Sorry, uh, we are we're working on tools such as uh, Google. Uh, well, a JavaScript loader to um, implement them. But uh, at the moment, it's not quite necessary, and you can you can already implement your own loader and just use the uh, CDN URLs to um, load the scripts, I guess. Uh, we will actually be working on a tool that um, lets you download the local files also. So if the CDN ever goes down for uh, some bizarre reason, like Google CDN has gone down before, for example, Uh, We're making a tool that lets you back up the local files. And if the CDN link fails, it'll fall back to the uh, local script. And our HTML5 boilerplate by Paul Irish actually implements this for the jQuery. Um, If the jQuery CDN fails, it implements the local jQuery file in the HTML5 boilerplate.
1: How are you guys handling versioning?
3: Um, Yeah, so... This is another thing that's um, we prefer library maintainers to take responsibility for. Um, most scripts will generally have a version number. For example, with jQuery, we're up to one point six point something right now. Um, almost every other script that we have on the li- uh, on CDNJS right now has that sort of a version number, and I mean it, that's available as part of the URL. So I mean it, it's sort of I guess it's fairly obvious um, which version of the script you're using.
1: What about older versions? How, how long are you going to keep older versions around?
3: Yeah. So Cloudflare, our um,
2: sponsors, they will be hosting uh, the files indefinitely. So any files that are uploaded
3: at any stage will
2: remain there forever.
3: So you can think of it as a write-only file store. Anything we put in there is going to be in there forever, essentially.
1: What about package management or dependencies among these, I noticed that uh, MicroJS tends to be getting a lot of play in the JavaScript community lately. And you know, with Ender, you can basically roll your own little micro framework. Any plans to mix and match and cache those versions?
2: So um, the, the, we personally, CDNJS will probably already be enough for us to maintain. Uh, building a dependency package manager is possibly too much work for us to handle and update. So again, we would prefer that it would be a community initiative. So things such as CDNJS command built by RSTA-Cruz, RSTA, um, he, he may possibly implement dependency management, but uh, we'll probably bef- prefer the community generate tools that uh, handle the, such things.
1: So you've got to be doing something with JavaScript to uh, get into this particular project. So what are you guys actually doing with these frameworks?
3: We've we've been working on a product of ours. It's um a web application, uh, but we'd prefer not to announce it on here. Um, but basically, it it's made exceptionally heavy use of, um, quite a few of the libraries that that we host on CDNJS, and it it was um our initial inspiration for sort of creating the the service. Yeah, so it's a single page web application built using uh, Backbone JS
2: by Jeremy Askinas and uh, we use Node.js for the server and we use CouchDB for the database. And uh, CouchDB relies on JavaScript um, for the views and queries. So uh, it's pretty much our entire code base is JavaScript at the moment, 100% on GitHub, actually. So, yeah, it's JavaScript all the way down.
1: Don't want to announce it on here. What are you waiting for? Wake up Sydney or...?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's only in beta, and we're possibly ashamed of it at the moment. But uh, (laughs) it's called Pertozal, sorry. Pretty much a fresh book for proposal generation. So instead of generating invoices, we generate proposals, and uh, we like to aggregate uh, the accepting and decline rates of your proposals.
0: Doesn't seem that embarrassing to me. It looks pretty all right. <laughs> well, from from much. two developers, I mean, it, it looks just as good as CDNJS.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we have a fantastic designer here. Tom I'm, too. I'm not trained in design at <laughs> all. <as well.
0: laughs> We we might have to uh, pull them to the side and have a drink with them and teach them about SaaS and Compass and frameworks and stuff.
1: Speaking of drinking, (laughs) that's (laughs) your (laughs) cue. What are you guys doing on the server? Node?
3: Yeah, so the the server is um, Node.js, and and basically we're trying to make it a uh, a RESTful service and effectively um, build our service such that we're using our own API to sort of work with the client side. I mean, the client side and the server side are, are completely sort of uh, de-integrated. So to speak. yeah. So at the moment, Ryan actually is working heavily on Node.js, and I prefer to stick to the
2: client side. And we we prefer to um, make our projects independent, so that my client side can interact with anything Ryan throws at me through through his API.
0: And is, is that API documented anywhere? Or is that something that's public that we can kind of trudge through?
3: No, that's absolutely not at this point in time. It's, it's um, still very much in beta and very much for internal use only at this point in time. But that's definitely something we plan to uh, uh, look into releasing in the future.
0: So I haven't driven into CDN JS command that Jim uh, available to ping in there. How's he kind of pulling back different things? Or is he, is he just hacking the URL and pulling back different data? Yeah,
2: so he's actually pulling back the packages.js on, which is included with uh, each library. Okay. So uh, he, he's using that information. There's a concatenated version. There's a concatenated file which contains all the uh, every single package.json in one file called packages.json, and you can actually access that through cdnjs.com. It's one of the
0: resources that get loaded in. So I hear that you guys have a uh, a pretty good uptime. I, I guess this kind of leverages into um, what you're doing, uh, Ryan, with Node and what you're doing on the front end as well. But uh, I go to your pingdom stats and it's basically 100% uptime for quite a while now. What is what is it that you think that attributes to this percentage of uptime?
3: Yeah, so up until now, we've been using um, CloudFront uh, as our CDN. So essentially, uh, CloudFront's just been rock solid. Um, yeah, r- really, that's, that's essentially it. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing all the hard work for you? Yeah, I mean, um, so... With this service, we we wanted to sort of stand on the shoulders of giants, so to speak, so to use, use, um, sort of use use sort of the best of breed sort of software and and services out there to to ensure that it's the best possible thing.
2: Hey, Ryan and I actually live together, and we argue for hours and hours on every decision we make. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't killed him yet, but uh, it actually works <laughs> out to, for best practices, I guess.
0: So if um, I guess building a system like this, where are the common places? You know, a CDN in general where are some of the common places it would break and what are some of the things that you're using that uh, mitigates and prevents that breakage?
3: Yeah, so um, if we had decided to, to roll our own sort of servers or something, um, that would have been a massive task to undertake. Um, we would have had to maintain sort of the servers, uh, do all that sysadmin stuff. So that that was really impractical. We needed some way to focus on on sort of focus on the product rather than focus on all of the administration um, behind the product and sort of things such as Amazon web services um, have given us the ability to to, to focus on sort of the product itself rather than the management and the the housekeeping behind it. Um, So that's really only been an option in the past sort of couple of years, uh, which is really exciting actually, that you can do something like this.
0: But I was curious if you wanted to, chime in with some questions about the recent outage and how they're handling that.
3: Uh, yeah, so you're probably talking about the um, Amazon EC2. Uh, <laughs> elastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that was a massive outage. But luckily for us, it, it didn't roll over into any of their other services. So Cloudflare and um, – oh, sorry, not, not Cloudflare, Cloudfront and um, S3, they were completely fine, rock solid all the way through. But
2: again, uh I'm working on it right now is uh we we will be implementing the uh, local fallbacks. Uh it's it would be it's good to always prepare for any situation. And uh we will be including the html 5 boilerplate code for every library instead of just gate jQuery. And uh we will make it accessible to any users or developers who access cdnjs.com to uh download their files instantly and get the code that uh provides a local fallback. And that will always at least um, be a fail-safe for any CDNJS outages.
3: Uh, so I guess in full answer to your question, yes, if our if our if our, the infrastructure uh, or the service that we're using to serve our files does go down, then all of our links will go down. But the fact of the matter is um, services like CloudFront and CloudFlare can do a, a much better job than we ever could. So we'd prefer to leave it in experts' hands.
2: I think at the moment Cloudflare is actually saving 2 billion or 3 billion page views a month. A month, uh, something like 65,000 requests a second or something, I'm not sure. So uh, they're definitely capable of handling this CDN as it is.
0: So let's talk about traffic for a bit here. In terms of, you launched in January, it's now June, so we're looking at just even six months um I can see your stats and I can tell the listeners what's what's going on here cuz uh you're actually linking to it but give us a a gist of what's happened in terms of the traffic and just general hits I guess file's hits, page hits and just overall traffic of of uh, CDNJS.
3: Yeah so I mean when we launched in January um for the month of January we only got about 107,000 hits. But since then, it, it's kind of taken off. We've, we've had double-digit month-on-month growth. Um, sort of February, we were serving 500,000 scripts, March, almost a million. Um, and by the time we got to the end of May, we're serving you know uh, around 2 million scripts a month. This month, we're set to go way past that.
2: So we understood the exponential behavior of a, of a CDN that provides JavaScript libraries, so we never, we've never actually uh, publicized or advertised CDN.js as with like the first six months we considered to be like an iteration period, a bug-finding period, and uh, we've actually knotted out bugs in the past, which has been great, and it's it's better that we didn't advertise it to begin with, otherwise we would have had you know, 5,000, 10,000 websites going down
3: just for a simple error that we would have encountered in the first week or two. Yeah, so we've, we've come a long way since January, 3,000 hits a day to uh Today, about 90,000 or 91,000 hits a day. So it's a it's pretty exciting growth.
0: I mean, That's that's pretty good. I mean, this is obviously good growth. I mean, you're looking at over a million hits this, this month here alone, which is quite nice.
1: The whole point of uh, a shared CDN like this is the more people use it, the better it is for everyone. Because the chances of me hitting a site that's got a cached resource are better if you've already hit that site, right?
2: Definitely. So, if you look at the S3 stats that we have, um, it actually gives you a number of three or four not modifieds. And uh, what that means is uh, how many times has a file been requested but is already cached on the server. And uh, I think it at the moment it's about 20 25% of requests are actually already um, cached on the clients. So, the more that spreads over the internet, yeah, the better.
1: So you guys have any overlap with the Google files or is it in everybody's best interest not to duplicate files they're already hosting?
3: Yeah, so up until recently we hadn't, and that was one of our mission statements, but we've actually sort of changed our opinion on that. Um, We we do offer um, the scripts that that Google hosts and Microsoft hosts right now. I guess, um, I don't know, we're we're sort of turning into a more one-stop solution than than an augmentation that we were in the past because now we have sort of far more resources available in terms of um, bandwidth and and hosting capacity.
0: I was going to say, I mean, this was a nonprofit started at first, but up until Cloudflare kind of picked it up and said, we'll host you for indefinitely, as you mentioned before. I mean, that must have cost money. Was that something you guys were doing for the community? Were you paying for that at first and just hoping that sponsors would eventually pick it up?
3: yeah actually we were so up until now we have been personally funding this project Um, we we went out of our way to um, actually approach lots
2: of different CDNs such as uh, Amazon themselves to seek funding and uh, if that was going to fail we were going to get community funding like uh, possibly uh, S.A.A.S kind of plans for anyone who wants to use the CDN
3: just to keep it alive but besides that yeah we were going to fund it ourselves yeah so uh, Luckily, um, we had a few companies that, that were receptive to sort of sponsoring us. Um, and, I mean, we had other options available, as Thomas said, community sponsorship. So it, it was never a particularly dire situation. It's just that long term, we, we probably didn't have the capacity to personally fund it forever. Yeah.
2: But it's actually convenient. Cloudflare is probably the most uh, synonymous uh, mission statement with CDN.js. They, uh, they, they want to accelerate the web and it's exactly what uh we want to do and they they're rapidly moving ahead and we'd also like to rapidly move ahead. So uh we're we're synergizing at the moment and it's great.
0: So Thomas you'd mentioned you're on the front end with uh with Backbone and and Ryan you're on the back end with Node.js but um I guess you guys can choose who will go first but I'm just kind of curious on the open source front besides those two what uh, what projects are out there that you're really Either wanting to play with or have dabbled with a little bit, what's what's on your open source radar in terms of what you want to play with? Ron, I guess you can go first.
3: Um, at the moment, I'm I'm really just interested in playing around with um everything to do with Node.js. Um, up until recently, I you know JavaScript ha- hadn't sort of piqued my interest that much, but but now I'm I'm absolutely loving it. Um, all this a um sort of I really love the asynchronous sort of aspect of Node.js. Um, so that's that's something I'm really interested in investigating and just sort of getting to know and wrapping my head around sort of programming uh, sort of in an asynchronous fashion rather than, you know, a typically procedural fashion as you would in PHP or something like that.
0: Anything in, in the Node world in general besides just Node as uh, the platform, what else has got your interest?
3: Well, to be honest, CouchDB, um, that's, that's something I'm, Really interested in. Um, I, I really like working with information systems, and and CouchDB um, is is something that's I consider to be really cutting edge. And the fact that we're using it is is um, sort of another reason <laughs> it's got <gotten> me <laughs> interested. But yeah, um, I mean, sort of working with that uh, with a web application such as ours, it, it it gives you quite a lot of f- flexibility. And just to clarify, we're talking about here, um CDNJS is is actually a, a static website. Um, in case there was any confusion there. So yeah, from my perspective, uh, Node.js, and specifically its interaction with CouchDB is what I'm interested in at this point in time.
0: Thomas, how about you?
2: No, I like to stay away from databases these days. (laughs) If if we're gonna talk about databases, key value stores such as Redis and CouchDB, well, not CouchDB, but any other key value stores I like to mess with. But I definitely love client-side at the moment. Um, I'm trying to improve my usability skills but I'm, not, I'm getting there slowly. But uh, I probably my favorite technology at the moment, and I'll give a shout out to it. I guess is uh, brunch. Uh, you can find brunch with coffee in Google. And what brunch is? It's I I don't want to define it too much because I don't own it. But uh, it it collaborates all the latest technologies such as CoffeeScript, uh, Backbone.js, ECO, Stylus, jQuery, and uh, Stitch. And um, it takes care of the entire you know, JavaScript, CSS, HTML rendering and uh, using the best technologies that we have available.
0: Well, I see, I see one fun thing in here we've covered on the changelog, which is stylus, and you mentioned getting into usability more, so that must mean that you're wanting to do something with uh, pre-processing style sheets and some other fun stuff and jQuery and to are both thrown in there along with underscore. Yeah, <laughs>
2: definitely. Um, uh, we were going to use CSS pre-compilers with our latest startup. At the time, though, the uh, I, don't, I was going to say Ryan wasn't uh, efficient at CSS, so uh, I wanted to um, just use CSS for both of us to get on a clear um, clear pathway of understanding the CSS of the application. And I guess that's one of my main concerns though, with things such as CoffeeScript and uh, pre-compilers, because I don't like the, the idea of, if I wanted to introduce a new developer to the project, they'd have to, uh, they'd have to understand the technologies that even compile the CSS. I wouldn't say it's completely fair to say that they don't understand CSS. It's just that they maybe don't understand stylus, or Eco, for example.
0: I can hear you on that because I've worked with people that that don't know SASS, and I hate to keep mentioning it because I think when I have a, a small stack of drinks on our side to to take because of uh, our continuous rants on it. But I've had to work <laughs> with training people to come into that too, and it's the same kind of chicken and egg. You want to get them into the into this different world of doing it better, but they have to kind of learn the yeah, syntax sort or of different changes to it that uh, it, in the end, they're going to spit out JavaScript or CSS and SAS or this case, but you know, you want them to use this new cutting edge technology, but it's, it's kind of difficult.
2: So all, all I really press for at the moment, I'm, I'm not sold on CoffeeScript or I'm not sold on the, the CSS compilers, but I definitely uh, like JavaScript frameworks. So there's a, uh, you know, backbone or spine.js or you can use the big cappuccino and Sprout Core. I do like the idea of JavaScript frameworks because I love single web page, web page application development. But uh, besides that, I uh, only support JavaScript frameworks.
1: So final set of questions here. put you guys on the spot. And so I'm assuming both you guys were born in the 90s, right? <laughs> Actually, no. We're, we're children of the 80s, 1989. There you go. Yes, <laughs> so still, still youngsters by uh, by today's standards. So, uh, you're you're closer to college than uh, than we are.
0: That's for sure. Yeah, fresh
3: out of college, in fact.
1: There you go. So, what are the college kids these days learning about computing in regards to the personalities involved in the space? Who are your programming heroes?
3: Cool. Programming heroes, um. To be
1: honest, um, I, I'm not quite
3: sure.
1: Well, you don't have uh, sports heroes. We've already established that fact. So.
3: <laughs> Wait a minute.
2: Yeah. So I, wouldn't, I couldn't really even tell you what kids in university like to learn these days. I think over here, it's a lot of uh, C and C++, Python and um, C Sharp, I guess. And uh, a lot of people are into um, Apple and uh, any kind of mobile development. Uh, but my, my heroes on the internet... Uh, there's definitely quite a few. I like all the main, the main celebrities like Paul Irish and Jeremy and Damien Katz But uh, the other pe- other people who I look up to, like the brunch developers,
3: I I like what they're doing. Um, yeah, and I, I guess my I'm going to say my my favorite guy on the web right now is uh, one of the original authors of CouchDB, Damien Katz, Um, the reason for that is he's a really smart guy, and he's he he looks like he. Weightlifts every now and again. Um, I'm kind of a little bit interested in that, so I like the, the the merging of health health and programming. Yeah, we, we both go to gym
2: five days a week, so <laughs> we're like anyone else who goes to gym and programs.
0: Well, I think that's uh, that's about all we want to talk to you about. I know we're pretty excited to have you on the show. We certainly enjoyed uh, the fact that you guys are so young and so adamant about doing something fun for our community, and the fact that also that uh, not only is it cool for our community, but um, it's a non-profit. Uh, you got some good support from, from things. And if that support didn't come around, you were still willing to shell some of your bucks out. So if – I'll say to the audience that if you, if you meet them up at a conference or a meetup or something like that, buy them a beer or coffee or whatever, uh, maybe a supplement drink or something.
1: <laughs>
2: I was going to say there's too many carbohydrates. In the- <laughs>
0: so, uh, there, there you go. There you go. But thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk to you guys.